This Torah portion is called Beshelach, and it comes from the first verse where Pharaoh sent out to go, went right out after everybody else. This is the 16th Torah portion overall and the fourth in the book of Exodus. We're also celebrating today Tu Bishvat, which also is significant in this portion. So we'll get into that. But aside from that, it's also a special Shabbat, a Shabbat called Shabbat Shira. Can you say that? Shabbat Shira. It means the Sabbath of the song. Because in this Torah portion and what you'll hear from this wonderful team of readers is the song, the song. And they call this sometimes just the song. I know Moses gets the credit for it, but it's really just the song. The rabbis teach there are lots of tens in scripture. We have 10 commandments, which Jessica will touch on next week. And we have 10 things that God said that caused creation to come into being. And the rabbis say there are 10 unique songs. They're so unique that by them history, there's, there's moments. And I pray that if you get a chance today, come up and look at the Torah. Or if, if uh, when Floyd holds it up, it looks very different. The, the, the person who wrote it, the scribe, they always stop at this point and they write the Torah differently because they want the reader to pause, to take a minute and look that this is something significant happening. And there are 10 songs in scripture. Another one of the songs that's talked about is the song of Deborah, which is in the Haftorah portion. And then we have also the song of songs, which is one of the big songs as well, which a lot of people are like, that's odd. Why would that be one of, but it's a picture of God's love to us. Such a beautiful song of a man for a woman, but also the, the picture is also for the Messiah and his bride. So there's a lot of significance. And then later in the book of Revelation, we see the song of the lamb. That's one of the 10 songs that the rabbis touch on also. That when the Lord returns, he'll give us another song. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome to think that there are these 10 songs? And I, I don't know about you, but wasn't worship awesome today? I can't hear you. Come on. Let's give a big hand. I don't know how, if you all know what kind of preparation goes in to these guys working together. But this is a team of people that God has really anointed and they do wondrous things. And I just think they are awesome. From Linda Grant to James Grant. And I know we kind of tooted everybody's horn last week. But this group and the dancers as well. Give them a hand. The dancers do some good stuff. You know, it's really about what the Lord's doing. And that's what we need to see here. This portion. And, you know, it, when you come to these portions, they're chopped with so much. There's so many testings of Israel going on in this portion. The test of the manna, the test of the Shabbat, the test for water, all these different. And then they have enemies, enemies at the beginning and enemies at the end. So there's always these different tests coming about to see what is Israel going to do. And I'd like to even just start with Pharaoh, because Pharaoh has something here, his very inability to surrender. It's his downfall. And as I, was, as I was thinking about this this morning, the Lord told me to pray because maybe there's someone in here that really needs to surrender. They're not, they're not willing to give up everything because it's not my will, 
but your will be done, Lord. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're struggling with that of wanting to say, it's not my will, but your will. So, Lord, we pray if someone needs to surrender to you today, that you would give them the faith to do that, Lord. It's a tough thing to come into the presence of the Lord. I want to read a quote. William Booth said this. If you don't know, he's the guy that helped start the Salvation Army. And he said, the greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his surrender. I'll read that again. The greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his surrender. It's sometimes looked at as a, as a weakness. You know, somebody surrenders, it's a weakness. But really, it's kind of like when you were kids and your mom said, you played a good game, why don't you show that you, you can be a gracious loser? You can be good at willing to say, I played a good game and, and I didn't win, but I still am willing to have a good attitude, a good attitude. And that's kind of how the Lord at times wants us to surrender. He wants us to learn to have a good attitude in spite of the fact it's not about us. Now, I also want to just take as, you know, I try to keep these comments short, but part of this, um, part of the reason why I wanted to exalt the worship team and exalt what the Lord's doing in them is because worship is one of the big priorities here at Yishuatzion. And I hope you understand that. If you're here for the first time, you might say, boy, there's a lot of worship in here. Boy, they sing a lot of Hebrew songs. Boy, part of it is to get the focus off of us and the focus off of what's going on in our world and to get us into God's presence so that we can lay our heart before him and say, God, I need some heart work. I need to see something happening in my life. You know, the opposite of worship is introspection. And that's where you constantly are looking at what you can do in yourself. What you can do in, I've got to improve myself. I've got to be better than I was. Boy, I've got a big hair coming out of my nose or something like that, you know. All those kinds of things. It's where you're focusing on yourself. The opposite of that is worship, learning to focus on the Lord. And I've said this over and over again, but I, I think it bears repeating. Worship is two basic things. It talks about who God is. God is a person. And in this passage, it actually says that we'll read from, he's the man of war. He's someone that will fight for us, as James pointed out earlier. And look at all the things God does. He leads, he blows, he guides, all the different things he talks about in this psalm. Now, in, the, in this fact that we're in the new year of trees, there's also some wonderful things that are talked about there. Because part of, I mean, it's easy to say this is Arbor Day or something, you know, Jewish time to plant trees. And there's a, there's a right perspective in that. But part of the reason why we have a new year is to see hope, hope that's going to come forth, expectation of what God is going to do. Isn't that something to get excited about? You know, we've been talking about a building. We've been talking about how the Lord's going to provide, how he's going to heal different people. This is kind of the expectation of what a new year's to be. And part of the celebrations of that is they do all kinds of things around trees. They they set out food for birds. They understand that if it wasn't for the tree, the bird wouldn't have a home. They understand that if we didn't have trees, we wouldn't have oxygen to breathe. 
If we didn't have trees, we wouldn't be able to celebrate a harvest later on. And so there's much more to this than just trees. And as I said, you know, I've looked to honor the worship team, but as we read this song and as we look at how unique it is, I want you to look at the two things that I talked about. Look at how many times, because it's about 10 times, we see part of God's character, who God is. And there's several verbs throughout this psalm, and there's about 20 verbs that talk about what God is doing. This is really basic what it means to worship the Lord. So get excited. Amen?